It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and with me I have our co-host. He's back. He's back in town. How's that song go? The boys are back in town. Boy, you can just say, the man is back in uh, town. The man is back in town. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Brad Fike, welcome back. Well, thanks. Uh, I came back to a decent day yesterday. I wake up this morning and it's raining in Ohio. So Florida, I didn't have any rain while I was down there except for the first day and I was driving during that. So it's a little... Um, little depressing to come back up here to cloudy skies and uh, leaving that sunshine. I'll tell you, I was reading some articles online. There are major tax benefits to moving to Florida for businesses. Major. I'm all in. So I feel like maybe Fike Advisors and the Retiree Sat podcast needs to relocate soon. Well, I was thinking about buying a firm down there, and then I could just work that in the winter, and then in the summer, you could work it, and I could come back up here in the summer and let somebody else run this. Oh, I see. Come back in the summer so you can come back here and fish and get in the boat, and then when the weather goes bad, you're taking over the good stuff, and I'm burning up down there and freezing up here. Sounds like a perfect plan to me. We're going to have to talk about your retirement plan. We're going to have to do a whole other case study on Brad Fike's retirement plan. Hey, as my dad used to tell me, you got to pay your dues, son. (laughs) That seems like a lot more dues that I'm paying than what I'm (laughs) getting back out of that investment oh Oh, goodness well you guys had a good trip then i'm assuming we had a great trip we enjoyed uh you and tori and ollie coming down for the week and and adriana so it was uh it was a fun week and uh during that time we were there three weeks on the beach and two uh two of them well one we had my father-in-law and one week we had you guys and so uh, you kept us busy. We had a great time. Really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah. back to work now. Well, not back to work. I mean, it's just on the cusp of boating season now. So you're not going back to work. You're going back to more leisure. Oh, I got to get the boat ready. Nah, it's time. That's work. Well, it's good work. And right now I got to focus on some client work. So that's you know, true. I'm that back has, in the saddle. It has piled up since you left. I tried my best, but. Anyway, well, welcome to our show. As uh, in case you are the first time listening, Brad's been in Florida for the last four weeks. So we had a couple of different episodes. I did a solo episode about a month ago that was a little bit about um, different ways to generate income. And then this last episode that came out, we had my friend Clay on. We talked about physical fitness and retirement. He's a CrossFit coach um, and an up-and-coming gym owner. That episode is really good. If you want to check that one out, it's our last episode. But today, we're going to talk about something different because I received some questions from a friend of ours out in California. Diana, who is a client of Fike Advisors, has been listening to the podcast for a while. Uh, she runs a apothecary workshop, which they make a lot of candles at. And she says, we listen to the podcast while we make the candles, which great way to listen to the podcast. Do it while you're doing something else. But she has a couple questions, and I think, Brad, we should touch base on a few of these because I think they're really good for people to know. Okay, cool. So first, her first question, and it kind of leads into the second question. We'll start with the first one. She wants to know, how do I spend or invest my pandemic relief payment? So she's talking about the stimulus checks that just came out about two weeks ago. She wants to know what's the best way to handle that money. And that was different for everybody, right? So it was a $1,400 check for every adult and child in the home. Basically, this one covered everybody. It covered college students and everything in between. So everyone got $1,400. If you had a family of four, you got what, over five grand. So there's a nice chunk of change that came to a lot of families out there. And that is if you made under the income limit of whatever they listed there. I think it was 150000 for a couple and then seventy or 75000 for a, a single person. So as long as you're under that income limit, you got the stimulus payment. So Brad, what do you do with it? Well, that's a 
tall question there. So are you setting me up for that one? I, I uh, might I might have tried to set you yeah, up a little well, bit. You know, if I had one in my hand, I'd tell you what I'd do with it. But I don't have one personally written, the Brad Fike in my hand, nor have I seen one yet and probably <laughs> never will. Oh, man. Uh, anyhow, so I don't want to go there. That's right. <clears throat> You'll get me started for the day. That is a great way. If you just want to fire Brad up, <laughs> ask him about a stimulus check. And maybe it got lost in the mail or I'm something. I'm pretty sure the first one's lost in the mail still. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, but the, it's a great question. Hi, Diana. How are you? Um, but I, uh, I want to go into what the what really three things you can do with your money. You can spend it, you can save it, and you can invest it. Those are really the only three things you can do with your money. True. You can sleep on it, but that's just basically saving it, right? Right. Or actually losing it because of inflation. But yeah, saving it. And going and she mentioned donate it. That is in my that goes into a category of spending it. Spending doesn't necessarily mean you're spending it for yourself. It's just being spent. And I didn't read that part of the question. She did say that the local newspaper uh, in her town says that they're encouraging people to donate to charity or to families that are less fortunate. So yeah, okay. donating I would right. say falls under the spending category because you are giving it away. It's leaving your hands and going to somebody else. So I would say, yeah, that's a spending category. Yeah, so uh, this is a great gift uh, the government has given out two times now, right, for the last year. And well, technically three, right? Because we got the first one in the... Well, you wouldn't know, but <laughs> we got the first one in the spring. Then we got uh, the last one in December that was $600 that Trump gave us before he left office. And then uh, Biden basically rounded his... He, he said in his campaign he was going to give us two rounded up, took the 600 from the last one, and then gave us another 14 to give us the 2,000. So, but yeah, there's, there's well, two, technically three. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> so anyhow, it's a gift, and I would not count on that going too many more times f into the future. If we do, then we got a different world. If we continue to throw billions of dollars out there that um, are to stimulate the economy, which is really what it was designed to do, right? So they want you to spend it. They'll tell you they want you to save it, but they really want it to spend because they want the economy to rock. And there's going to be a lot of people that are redoing kitchens and are going to put decks on their house and new windows. They're going to buy a house. They're going to buy a car. They're going to buy a motorcycle. They're going to buy a boat. There's uh, just a, a various directions that people are going to go, and that's spending the money. And I had a guy in here that brought up the fact that they were going to take their money and redo the kitchen. And I said, well, that's the category of spend. That's, that's, you know, and he goes, no, that's investing. I'm investing in my house. And so the conversation led from there to, well, what is your house then? Yes, I know. I'm not knocking the updo kitchens. We all want nice kitchens and good windows and all this stuff. And it is the people that sell those products will tell you that it's an investment in your house. It is an investment in your house. However, your house is not an investment unless you plan on selling your house someday and going to live in a refrigerator box because you're always going to take that money that your house is worth, most cases, and you're going to sell it and buy another house. So that money really is never going to be there for retirement. And it used to be the old fallacy was way back in the day as well. I'll buy this house and, you know, fix it all up and I'll save it. And then when I retire, I'm going to sell it. And the question then lies, well, where are you going to live once you sell it? You're going to turn around and take that money and buy another house because houses go up in cost, right? So it's not really ever going to be any left over unless you totally downsize, which people have done. 
and I've seen that before, the, the downsizing thing uh, in a few of our clients. But I think the interesting thing is people will say, I'm going to sell my house. Let's say it's worth $200,000 at the time they sell it, and I'm going to downsize. Well, then they buy a condo or a, you know, a one-bedroom apartment or something smaller, a beach house, whatever it is. They buy that smaller thing, but because of the location and the quality of what they're looking for in the next house, it ends up spending all the even though it's smaller, it's still worth two hundred thousand. So, like you say, right. it's it's an even trade. Even though you invested in your house and it did get you more, but it didn't get you more in retirement. It got you more of what you were looking for in your property, which is fine. But again, you can't look at taking your stimulus and investing it in your home unless you're planning on, like you say, downsizing to something else that is worth almost half or less or whatever it is than what your current house is, that's a very different conversation. But like you say, most people, they're they're going to trade even Steven or in some cases I've even seen, well, I'm going to downsize and they spend more on their downsize. They end up getting a mortgage after selling their old house because they said, well, you know, we needed this and we needed that. Now all of a sudden I sold my house for 200, but I had to buy a place for 225. So I had to borrow a, you know, 25K to make sure everything all works out. Yeah. So it is, in essence, investing in your home, but your home is not an investment. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, guys like me who never saw their stimulus check because it got lost somewhere um, <laughs> love that because what you're doing is you're spending money, creating profits for companies, which create uh, investments or stocks to go up, which since I'm fee-based, since we are a fee-based advisory firm, then our assets under management go up and our fees go up. So we make in higher income out of it, right? Sure. It's the So it's I, the can, beautiful I can try to twist this to a selfish side of it, right? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so go ahead and add to your house. I don't care. You can buy all the stuff you want. But re in reality, as a good financial advisor, we are going to look at the spend, the save, and the invest. And when we mean invest, we're talking about investing for retirement or for your future, right? Yeah. And I'll put a caveat out there because I know I'm going to get an email if I don't, that there are some of our clients who do invest in real estate where they have a second home or a house that they're flipping or something like that. And they're going to use their stimulus check to pay for something there. That's a different conversation. That is an investment right. because you're yep. not living in that house or that apartment, or if you're using it as rental income, those are very different conversations. But in general, like what you're talking about, Brad, if it's your residence, investing it in there is not an investment. That's a spending category. But yeah, I and I think you're right. I, we look at these three categories of spend, invest, and save. And usually when someone comes in our office, if they've ever gone through Investor 101 with us, which is usually what we go through early on if uh, someone doesn't have a whole lot of investment experience, we go through, we say, hey, look, here's the three categories. We we don't tell you how to spend your money. That's up to you. And so if well, you have, know how to do that, yeah, if you have plans with your stimulus check and you want to spend it, I'm not going to tell you how to spend it. But if you need help investing or saving, that's where you come to a financial advisor and say, hey, what are my options? And so tell me a little bit about what investment options would be available. Well, actually, I should I, let's reverse. Tell me a little bit more about saving options and what would be available to those who are using their stimulus check as savings. Yeah. So savings are money that you're going to put away for the future, emergencies. This is non-risk money. This is what I we classify here at Fike Advisors as non-risk money. And so that would be a savings account, something in a bank account. Some people will use annuities. I'm not big on annuities, but some people will use those as a savings, uh, although they're not very liquid. So I would we're looking at having an emergency fund. And uh, so an emergency fund, I go, the, the rule of thumb is what? Three to six months income 
take home income. No nope. expenses. Three to six month of your okay. expenses is what. Well, hopefully your income's above the expenses. That would be ideal. <laughs> I was just going to say that when you were. So ready to if you look at income or expenses, expenses yep. at a minimum. Because minimum, if you correct. get laid off or some kind of short-term disability, you got to be able to have money to pay your expenses for that three to six months. So whatever that number comes out to, again, an advisor can help you calculate because everybody's going to be different there. Some people have this feeling that they got to have fifty or 100000 in their checking account. Uh, I've had that conversation tons and tons of times, and that's just where people's mindsets are. And that's okay. If that's your mindset, it's your money. You do what you want. But we are going to have that conversation. Right. That that may be way too much that you're losing the opportunity of growth on. Especially so. when it's in a checking account that's earning 0.01 or 001%. It's, it's not that we want you to tie up your money or do something crazy with it. I just don't want you to lose purchasing power with it when we have these conversations. Right. You got inflation going on. So if you're not making what inflation is, and if you're going to use a government number, let's say it's 2%, mm-hmm. then you're losing money every day. I mean, you every know. Every single day. And, and a lot of it. I mean, yeah. when we run financial plans, the biggest killer of a financial plan is inflation. Because when people are saying, I'm going to retire at 60 or 65 or whatever it is, and they got to stay retired for 25 or 30 years, now all of a sudden you're thinking about there's a big compound interest in the reverse side of things. Everyone talks about how compounding works when you're making your money. Make sure you're compounding and earning more interest and making sure your money's doubling and all that stuff. What they forget about sometimes is the reverse compounding, the inflation, where it's a 3% or 2% or 25 whatever that number is, depending on the year, whatever that is, it's compounding against you. So you have to at least get that to make sure you're staying even. Exactly. And uh, I met a guy in, in Florida and uh, he's got quite a bit of cash build up. He wants to buy a property mm-hmm. and uh, he's looking for one. He's got quite a bit of cash build up. And uh, he says, what can I do with that? I go, well, what are you doing with it now? He says, I just got it at home. And I go, so you're not earning anything. Well, I'm not going to earn anything at the bank. I go, well, 0.001 is probably better than zero. zero right. But what you need to do is figure out your timelines. So we had that conversation on the beach over a beer about what the timeline looked like for him to buy real estate. And right. he couldn't answer that. So I said, I can't give you a definitive suggestion until you think through your timelines. But anyhow, it was just that was just one. And this is a young guy. He's sure. like 30 years old. So here he is sitting with cash at home waiting to buy a property. However, he doesn't want to put it in the bank because why? And yeah. I said, well, I, I don't disagree with that, but you also got to remember the inflation piece. Well, and I'll throw this little piece out there too. Um, and this is what Tori and I use. We use an online bank. It has an online savings bank. It's called Marcus. It, and I'm not suggesting you go with this because you're going to have to look and read the details of your own and read the disclosures of the bank. But Marcus is a Goldman Sachs bank. It's all online. There's no you know, brick and mortar branches. And what you do is you can do everything digitally. If you have your regular checking account, you transfer from that checking account to these online savings accounts. And right now they're at like a half a percent or like 0.75%. can't remember what the exact interest there rate you is. Go. But that is way better than your regular old checking account that's getting less than 1%. That's huge. And so what you need to do in some of these cases, there's all kinds of one. There's a, a Capital 360, I think it is, that has an on, which is the uh, Capital One uh, credit card, they have an online savings. There's Ally National Bank, which is an online bank. They have Everyone's different, and they have current interest rates, and they fluctuate a little bit. But that's the way to go if you're going to have some liquid savings. Because in my Marcus account, I can do six transactions a month. So if I'm keeping my emergency fund, and what, what Tori and I do is we keep an emergency fund, a vacation fund, 
and we have a different fund as well there, and all of them are, are savings accounts that we don't plan on making tons of transactions out of. But maybe once a month or once every few months, we may need to take a transaction out of there. If we have six a month, that's more than enough. So it's fully liquid, and they're FDIC insured, so that means that they're going to be you know, guaranteed up to a certain point. But the nice thing about it is, is that I'm getting way better interest because they don't have the overhead of a regular bank. They don't have tellers to pay and they don't have, you know, rent to pay and a lease to pay. They're just simply having this online platform. So I really encourage some people, if you're doing the savings route and you're like, well, I need to save an emergency fund, save it in an online bank. It's the most practical way. And I know that some people worry about security and things like that. I read into the Marcus security stuff. I mean, they're, they have the regular online security of any regular bank. So you're looking at high levels of security, just like you would if you have your, your local branch or anything like that, if you ever logged in online. So that would be something I would encourage you guys to check out. Some online form that you could say, hey, I'm not, I don't need to make a ton of interest because I need to have the liquidity of it. I need to have access to my money at any point in time. But I need better than 0.1%. That's just not going to do it for me. Right. Yeah. And so uh, that is a great option when you have no risk. So I think that's, uh, I mean, you're, you're very little risk, if, right. if any. So yeah, that's a great suggestion. And the problem, though, with savings is that we, we just had this long conversation, is that savings and most guaranteed type products are rarely going to keep up with inflation. The only ones that do are the ones where you have to tie up liquidity for long periods of time, five years, eight years, 10 years, something like that. Those might beat inflation. But for the majority of liquid savings type vehicles, you're not going to have any way to beat inflation, which is why you need the last piece, which is investing. So you can spend your money, you can save your money, or you can invest your money. So what does investing look like? Well, there's multiple ways you can do that. So you can open up a personal investment account. You can have tax qualified accounts such as traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. And I believe we discussed that in the past and we'll hit that up in a minute here. But so you do have uh, multiple ways to invest. And when you invest, you can invest various ways. There's people who want to gamble with their money, which don't come to us if that's what you're looking for. Right. Uh, but, you know, highly diversified portfolio, owning stocks, rebalancing are three of the key things to doing a good portfolio. Uh, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, uh, individual stocks. These are ways that people invest money, right? So you're taking risk when you invest. Yes, taking risk. And it's a highly complicated process because when we look at the difference between just a savings account, you know, there might be some fees of some sort that the bank charges depending on what bank you're with. But really, they're pretty simple. You get this interest rate over this time period, the interest rate might change. With investments, it's a lot more complicated. There's different fees for different types of investments, and there's different ways that your agent or your advisor gets paid to sell you these types of things. And there's a lot of complexity that's built into there. And so you got to make sure that you may have to look and say, okay, how much risk am I taking? But how much am I paying out of my pocket just to own this type of investment? Does it all cancel out? What are my tax benefits? What are my tax savings? All that stuff long term. Those are the types of things that come in the investing side, which make it very, very complicated. I mean, that's why our podcast exists, because this whole game of investing is so much more complicated than just something you can talk about in five minutes. Right. And you got you have you have guys who are selling for their personal profits. Mm-hmm. You have guys who are fiduciaries that are going to do the job and going to get paid no matter where they put you. So, you know, there's there's so many different variables right up front before you even write a check anywhere that you need to investigate. You really need to investigate. You need to verify 
everything that you're doing and who you're doing that work with. Yeah. And so for the grand scheme of things, we're talking about our stimulus. Um, if you already have an investment account, whether it's, you know, an online investment account um, or you have an advisor that you work with that has investments for you, uh, it's a great way to beat inflation. It's a great way to get a good return. But when I think about investing, I always tell our clients when they come in, we're looking at five years or longer. Not that it has to be in their five years. It's that's not we're locking it in. It's not like we're locking it in for that. But you have to be thinking that way because we don't know what the markets are going to do over the next five years. We don't even know what the market's going to do tomorrow, let alone over the next five hey, or ten now, years. Hey, now, we got a crystal ball here we just got. We do, Yeah, I haven't figured out how to work that Our thing friend yet. Len gave us a crystal ball, and we, we've been trying to figure it out, but it just doesn't give us an answer at all. It seems like a dud. I don't know. I keep staring at it, and all I do is see this these little bubbles that are inside the crystal. I don't see anything moving. Yeah. So there is no crystal ball is what you're saying. Oh, it works. Get, well, at least not yet. Well, when we get it working, we'll <laughs> let you know. But no, that's the, that's the reality is that we don't know what the future is, so we got to look at a five-year time window. So if we have that emergency fund saved up, and we have a lot of our short-term debt paid off, right? And then we're starting to think, okay, now we're going to be really plugging away at retirement. We should always be putting a little bit towards retirement, even during those times. But now we're really going to be plugging away at retirement. That's where we look at that investing and say, how do I maximize my return? And I don't want to take more risks than I'm comfortable with. And we got to look at that. And everyone's different on that one. Are you comfortable with, you know, seeing 30% of your portfolio disappear in a month and a half, like a lot of people did in, uh, you know, March and April of last year during COVID? Or are you more comfortable with only seeing 10 to 15% in the worst case scenario? And those are the conversations we have to have. But once that conversation is had, then we look at this and say, okay, we know where we're risk we're comfortable with. How much can I get out of this? What is this going to turn into over 25 or 30 years when I finally hit my retirement age? Because that's going to be the magic. I mean, we're ta- we talked about compounding. That is the compounding that we're looking for. If you can get an average of 6 or 7% a year for the next 25 or 30 years, that could be awesome. You could turn your money into working for you rather than you working for your money. Right. And uh, so I think that uh, goes into the next level of investing where it's, do I do traditional IRA for a tax deduction today or a Roth IRA where I don't deduct today? but it grows tax-free for my for my years down the road whenever I want to use it. Right, right. And that's Diana's question. She she continued on after the stimulus question to ask, you know, with tax season upon us, are there things that we can be doing better throughout the year to invest money to mitigate tax liabilities? And so for a lot of our listeners, um, you, you may be a employee of a company. Um, you may own your own little side business. Uh, you may be self-employed fully, 100%. Whatever it is, there's lots of different ways for you to um, mitigate tax liabilities, which is simply saying, how do I pay less in taxes? Now, the I think what Diana was asking is, how do I do stuff now to pay less taxes this year? But I think what's worth discussing is, how do I do stuff now to pay the least amount of taxes over my life? Because yeah, maybe saving taxes today is the most beneficial thing, but what if a Roth IRA where you save taxes in the future or is the better thing. We got to have those discussions as a, with a client. So maybe you could describe a little bit of the difference with traditional and Roth. And we won't go into too much detail because we I'll plug our episodes of earlier. But yeah, we've discussed basics. this on uh, past episodes. But basically, a traditional IRA is where I want to take the tax deduction today. So if I'm under fifty, it's six thousand dollars I can put in there this year for 2021. I can put six thousand in and deduct it right off top of my income on my tax. So saying if you made fifty thousand dollars, you put the six thousand in. Now you have a lesser income according to the IRS. I'm making forty four thousand is my taxable income, assuming that you know the standard deduction and all these other caveats have been taken care of. But anyhow, 
So that you're deducting that off your taxes, which is going to lower your income tax that you pay to the federal government in the fact that uh, it's going to lower that based on the percentage of what tax bracket you're in. So if I'm in a 10% tax bracket, I put $6,000 in and simple math and a very simple formula, I'm going to save $600 in taxes, right? Right. Yep. So, and it isn't always exact like that, but you know, that's just a simple example. So there's, and everybody has a different feel for this. Some people want to save that tax today. That's the traditional IRA way to do it. If I'm going to do a Roth IRA, I go, look, I think taxes are going to go up in the future. I personally, Brad Fike, believe they will. We can't spend money and throw money out and around the world like this and not eventually have to come back to the general public and go, we need tax dollars or the federal government's you know, going to go bankrupt or we're going to keep printing more money, which isn't going to help things either. Right. So bottom line is, if you think taxes are going to go up over your lifetime, especially if you're 30 years old, it could be 35 years or 30 years till you retire. What's mm -hmm. that tax world going to look like? And what has my IRA? If I deduct that money today, what's that grow to when I'm you know, 60 or 65, it's going to be substantial, right? Because I haven't paid any taxes on it yet. But remember, probably 25% of that is owned by the government, right? Yeah, right. I only really have about 75% at best. So the rest of it's still taxes because somebody's got to pay them. It's a tax that is deferred to a later date in a traditional IRA. Right. And I think some people forget that when they look at their 401k balance and it has, let's say 500,000 in there, they think, man, I got 500 grand in my pocket. Well, no, you have 500 grand in your account. And when you withdraw that, some of that has to go to the IRS because it hasn't been taxed yet. So really, like you say, maybe a quarter of what you have in there goes to the IRS and the other 75% is what you really have. Right. And and we're not saying that IRAs and 401ks are not a good thing. They're right. a great way to, for people to save money and a great way to save on taxes each year. But don't forget, it's a tax deferred. I am deferring the tax to the day I take it out. Now, most people will not take that 500000 out at age 65 when they retire and have to pay all the taxes at once. So that's the other conversation we've had many, many times is just because you quit work doesn't mean you're pulling the money out that day. Right. Hopefully, you're going to be sensible and take it out over a monthly basis or an annual basis over a long period of time where the taxes will be spread coming out. However, they could be higher than where they are today. We're in a very low tax environment historically today than we've been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about the history, but I can tell you it's extremely low since I started in this business in the 80s. Right. So that's why the Roth IRA is very popular for people who think that, well, if I don't deduct today, so I'm going to pay tax on that money, I can put that same 6000 instead of the traditional IRA. Let's say I put it in a Roth IRA. I'm not going to deduct it off my taxes. So I'm still going to have to claim 50, in our example, 50000 to Uncle Sam. And then it's going to grow tax-free, however. And when I go to take it out at age 65, now it's, it is my money. Right? right. All of it. Yeah. So it that's the beauty of the Roth IRA. And again, well, I think we've done episodes on this where, you know, you can where we go in a little bit more in depth. So we don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But really investment wise is you can invest it with a personal account, which is not tax qualified, which is just like a, a, a personal account or a joint mm -hmm. account between a husband and wife. And you can invest it just like you would a traditional IRA 
or a Roth IRA, you're just not getting a tax benefit out of it. Right. But uh, we encourage either a traditional IRA or Roth IRA, especially for the younger kids. I'm big on Roth IRAs. Yeah, and and we just look at time frame on that, right? Because the Roth and traditional have different rules on on when you can withdraw that money without tax penalties. You do have some limitations. You're right there. And that's not a problem. That's actually a benefit for most people because they're not going to retire until those tax penalties are waived anyway. So the idea is that over the long period of time, what we're trying to do is we are trying to plan for the next 30 years with those Roth or traditionals. Now, if there is something a little bit more short term, which I just had a conversation with a young guy uh, yesterday, he said, yeah, I'd like to put this money in my, and I'm assuming it's the stimulus money, I don't really know, but he says, I want to put this money in my personal investment account um, because he's looking at potentially buying a house in the next two or three years. Um, He's a young guy, he's living in an apartment, but he got a stimulus check. He says, look, I'm going to need probably 10 to 15 grand to put as a down payment on a house in a couple of years. I'm going to put at least this 5,000 away or whatever on with my stimulus money and then some. And that's what he's thinking. And so when he's thinking in that five-year window, he says, look, I'm going to invest it because I want the you know maximum amount of return I can get. But at the same time, I don't want it tied up until I'm 59 and a half. And so those are the conversations we get to have with people along the way. And that, that's why you need a financial advisor. And so if you want to do a little bit more uh, listening on some of that tax planning stuff, episodes 16, 17, and 18, we did a series on that. And I don't know if it was just me or if you were, I think you might have been in on that one. I don't remember. I started after your first year, so I might have been in on those. Yeah, 16, 17, 18. Either way, there's we talk a lot about tax planning and a little bit more specifics on the Roth and the traditional and what you should do and when you should do it. Um, again, anything we say on this podcast isn't to be taken as advice right away. What you need to do is you need to talk to a professional. And we'll tell you that in the last episodes. We'll tell you that in the future episodes. What we say here are just suggestions of things to be thinking about. They're educational. They're ways for you to get started. But what you need is a professional, whether it's an advisor or a tax professional or an attorney, whatever it is to get yourself moving forward, you need to start somewhere. And so with that being said, we are taking on new clients here at Fike Advisors. So if you're looking to get uh, scheduled with us and say, hey, I have some questions on what to do with my stimulus money. I have questions on whether I should be opening a Roth or a traditional. I have questions on when I'm going to be able to retire. I'm at 55 and I want to retire in the next couple of years. So I, I need help. If you have those types of questions, you can go to our website, www.fikeadvisors.com. And in the top right corner, there's a schedule now button. It opens up our calendar um, and you can pick any time that's convenient for you. It syncs with my calendar. So you're not going to overlap with anything I do. And we can have a free consultation where we talk about whatever questions you have. And if you have questions that we can answer, we'll happily answer them and give you some next steps. And if you don't have questions that we can answer and we need some more help, we'll send you in the right direction. Yeah, and just one more thing I wanted to add in there is uh, paying off short-term debt because we really didn't discuss that. No, we didn't touch on that, did we? That's in the spending category because it's money that's already been spent, right? So that is a spending category thing. And so uh, we do recommend considering that also with uh, stimulus money. And I think that, again, is every individual is different. You know, we just can't throw a number out there. It's true. You know, you get $1,400. I think you should put $1,000 in your investments and $200 in a savings account and pay some short-term debt off of 200. I mean, I can't do that. You can't do that. We can't do that in general in this conversation. Now we can with, if you want to have a meeting or a, a phone conversation, those kind of things can be figured out. We should do a series though on uh, kind of, I know Dave Ramsey calls them the baby steps, but um, I don't know. I, I call them the stepping stones or the different priorities in retirement or, or in financial, personal finance, I guess. We should do a series on that where we kind of prioritize what's the most important thing to start with. You know, this is what you need to get here. And once you complete that step, you should go to this step and this step. We should do a series on that because I've, I've had very good conversation with a lot of people on those things. 
And I think it gives a good framework for you to look at that. It doesn't mean this is how you have to do it, but it gives you a general compass to say, okay, this is what I should be focusing on now. And once I complete this, then I should focus on this next step. Well, maybe this is uh, what our next audible should be in in two weeks our next podcast should be on that since people have extra money and uh hopefully they just didn't go blow it uh at the casino if they did uh, <laughs> they're probably not listening to an, to a retirement well, that, podcast very true so i'm thinking maybe our next one should be on uh just kind of helping people put that together yeah get a framework for them to start let's with. make a commitment on that you know what i'm committed all right there i'm you go. fully committed and Did on you hear that, that note, listeners he is committed. i am fully committed on that note well we'll, we'll do that for our next series uh, up and coming at the end of tax season i have my friend dan who's going to be coming in uh and he has uh some really good input on what might be coming tax wise with the new biden tax plan and nothing's set in stone with Biden's tax plan. There's just been some, you know, information pieces here and there. But Dan is a CPA at a local place here in Worcester, and he has a pretty good uh, idea what to be prepared for and what kind of things you can do in 2021 here, at least in Ohio, but maybe even across the nation, depending on your state tax laws. But he may have some ideas for you to maybe save in some taxes or do some planning ahead of time to make sure that with these changes, your business can still uh, function at full throttle, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, so that's coming up here in the future, maybe sometime in May, end of May after tax season over. Well, now it's just got an extension. If you haven't heard, May 15th is now the tax deadline, not April 15th this year, for whatever reason yeah. that is. Yeah, because the pandemic's still going on and we won't be able to get our taxes done. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, we'll have that episode coming in the future. Um, in the meantime, we really appreciate your questions, Diana. If you have any questions, other listeners, please shoot me an email, taylor at fikeadvisors.com. We love to do these Q&A type things. These are great ones. Diana did have a third question, and I think we'll touch base on that in a future episode uh, about one of her helpers at the, at the uh, workshop had a question about money and withdrawing it from retirement stuff. So we'll touch base on that one in the future. That would be a good one in the stepping stone next. uh, We can talk about that because that is one of the steps, a later, a later step. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a shout out to uh, Diana's, uh, what's the name of her business? Wax Apothecary. There you go. So shout out, check out that website. Yeah. They're out in California, based in California. They're, they're a cool little, uh, I think they do handmade candles and a couple other different things. It's like a little boutique store. So it's pretty cool. Um, cool. Really excited for what she's doing out there. She just started her business a couple years ago. So good for her, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Fantastic, Diana. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, have a good rest of your week. We'll talk here soon. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.